1: Kia ora, everyone, and welcome to this podcast. My name is Hannah Hagen. I'm a community organizer for Goeco, and I run the Climate Action Hub. Uh, today, we are going to be joined by three elected officials from different councils within the Waikato region to discuss local politics, climate action, and how you, our listeners, can get involved. Firstly, we will be joined by Claire St-Pierre. Claire has represented the Perongia District on the Waipa District Council since 2013, and has been the chair of the Perongia Restoration Group since it was founded in 2002. She is passionate about a number of things, but she is particularly focused on biodiversity, conservation, and climate change. Secondly, we will be joined by Jennifer Nicholl, Jennifer wears a number of hats in the climate action space. As well as being a Waikato regional councillor, Jennifer is chair for the Waikato Plans Climate Change Workstream and Manutaki for the Waikato Wellbeing Project. Her work has facilitated collaboration and greater action on climate since being elected in 2019. And finally, we will be speaking to Sarah Thompson from Hamilton City Council. Sarah was actually a known advocate for climate action before her campaign for council in 2019. As in 2017, Sarah took the New Zealand government to court for their inaction on climate. Since then, she has continued to fight for greater change, particularly as an elected official for the Hamilton City Council. We'll be discussing a lot about what you can do for climate action, so we'll be sure to include any links or videos that are discussed alongside the podcast. Let's get into it. Kia ora, Claire. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to have you on our podcast to discuss uh, local politics and climate action. Um, I was wondering if you'd like to begin with introducing yourself, telling us a bit about where you come from, who you are, um, and the work that you do.
0: Thanks, Hannah, and it's great to be part of your podcast. So um, I grew up... in the area that I live, which is Pirongia village, um, about 25 kilometres south of Hamilton. And so, yeah, I went to a rural school and um, grew up on a dairy farm, Um, had a mum who was really into native biodiversity, especially with Mount Pirongia. And I guess that's why I've got a very special place in my heart for Mount Pirongia. Um, And then, yeah, I I was one of the founding uh, members of the Te or Oro Okahu Restoration Society in 2002. So we've been like using a community model um, to get annual pest control going and the idea was to bring our monga back to life I had people um, in my um, committee who remembered hearing Kuukako on the Monga like in the 1980s, and so they really wanted to hear it again. So that's been our, our sort of driving focus. Um, and we've been able to do that, um, I think, in 2017. And we also have brought back um, Pituituitua or North Island Robin. Uh, we do quite a wide range of um, activities on the Monga, and we've got a close relationship with the Department of Conservation. And because I got pretty well known in the community um, for what I was doing, um, I had the opportunity to stand for council in 2013, I think, or 2012. And so I got elected to council. So I'm the Pyrongi Award um, councillor, along with um, Bruce Thomas, who's a long-time councillor. And uh, so I guess I've been part of the council team now. Yeah, this is my third term. Um, I'm also on the Waikato Conservation Board. Um, and so that gives me input into sort of a, a governance group that's sort of looking at a more high level um, at what um, yeah, what's happening um, in the environmental and biodiversity space. I've got a pretty keen interest in um, climate change and um, sustainability, and I recently um, completed my um, business degree in um, management and in the postgrad or the honours part of it um, was to do with business and sustainability so yeah very very keen to see um, sort of more done to, to um, have a get us into a lifestyle that 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 whole upholds the environment and not and not destroys it yeah I guess that's that's quite a long introduction isn't it it's probably enough
1: well um, you're a very busy person so there's you have probably missed things out um so that's for the waipa district council
0: yeah that's right
1: yeah and all the work that you do in biodiversity as we know biodiversity and climate action are so interlinked and dependent on one another as well um Mm -hmm. just Talking about the work that you're doing for climate action, I know that you proposed a climate strategy in 2019. We briefly discussed that before. Um, But what are some key priorities for the the Waipa District Council regarding climate action?
0: Yeah, so we are um, preparing to consult uh, with the public on an environment strategy coming up. And I guess that reflects... um, the the feedback that we're getting from the community that climate change and environmental sustainability are are sort of top, top concerns for our residents. Um, And um, I guess we were seeing examples of what I'd call uh, the impacts of certainly increased temperatures. Like in January, we had Lake Naroto was closed to the public because all of the eels and birds were dying um, from the pollution of, of the waters uh, that that sort of comes from the runoff of the farms. And of course because the we have these peat lakes which are shallow, you know, they, they don't have the resilience against really hot temperatures. And so you know that's a really uh, visible example of what what we're facing. And so people are really concerned about that as well. Um, we have a really strong um, rural sector in Waipa and we have a lot of people doing excellent work protecting waterways and looking at ways to reduce their environmental impact. Um, but is it enough? And uh, and we also have big urban centres in Waipa like Cambridge and Teumutu and we are hearing from those people that live there that they also uh, want Uh, to be living in a healthy environment, I guess. Yeah, so we're definitely getting feedback from our community that this is an important issue for us. And we also have the imperative of, I suppose, the Climate Commission saying, you know, we've got to set targets for reducing our emissions and councils are part of that. So we have done um, a carbon um, audit, I guess, and looking at where our profile is for our big emissions and then how to reduce that. So we are doing that work. And it all has to be balanced with affordability, I guess. So people are really worried that we'll be facing a lot of big increases because of these um, initiatives. And so councils are really you know, conscious of that. And so we're looking at how we can do this without impacting the back pocket too much.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice, it's nice to hear that um, councils are having to respond to that mandate from government, but also from the community. There's that mm-hmm. like need for action because people are asking for it from you guys, and you are our representatives, so um, mm-hmm. it's great to hear that that more action will be done the more people speak out and ask for it and demand that from their um, mm-hmm. from that council I think
0: yes, I think that would be a really key theme from this podcast from me that the more people get in touch with councils and say, hey, this isn't acceptable or we really need to be doing something in this area, much more likely that something's going to happen.
1: Well, often um, local politics is about more than just making the vote it's also there are other ways to um, have your voice heard as well so yeah it's I very good to hear that um, you know councillors are wanting to listen to what people have to say and that we yeah for sure. Um, just going back on your introduction you talked about growing up on a dairy farm and Prongia is a more rural part of New Zealand certainly you know uh, not Hamilton and there's there is that um, contrast within the climate movement of that rural and urban divide, and we really feel that and those those tensions as well. Um, so I guess that as a district councillor in a rural area, how can we support a just transition um, for our rural communities?
0: Mm. Look, I think that's a really critical point because. Our urban areas definitely get sort of the the lion's share of our attention, but we can't leave our rural people behind. And um, things that are really important to them are ways to reduce vehicle um, emissions. So is there going to be a model that allows them to have public transport or ways to get around, ways to commute without um, having to use a private vehicle all the time? And one of the emerging things from COVID has been um, the ability to work from home, but a lot of people in rural areas don't have access to to good quality broadband services and also um, rubbish or recycling services too. So, so I guess those are the big three, yeah, um, public transport or ways uh, to um, provide for mobility um, in a rural area where, you know, you're not going to have those big concentrations of, of population that makes public transport viable. Um, Broadband services, so people can work effectively from home. Um, Yeah, and then, yeah, waste minimisation or, yeah, recycling services. So we don't want to miss out on those things you know for our rural people as well and and that's something that I'm advocating for around the council table but this is something that when people are making submissions to council that they're getting that message across that you shouldn't be leaving behind rural people just because it doesn't really fit into the sort of accepted business model for for those those kind of services
1: yeah public transportation is a good example of that it's certainly a viable wonderful viable solution for Um, cities in an urban environment but is it can we think of more innovative solutions for our rural communities where people are um, more spread out and yeah that there's not as um, as much density of of people I guess yeah Mm -hmm. Um, I want to move on and discuss um, your Pirongi Aotearoa or Kahoo because it's such a, a great project and uh, as you know, I volunteer there, and I just love it. It's um, it's such a wonderful thing to do. So I guess um, i was just wondering if you'd like to share a bit more about what it is and how biodiversity relates to climate action.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 cool. Um, so we're a community-based group, so we're all volunteers, and um, we are doing um, pest control that uses bait stations and, and so we need volunteers to fill in and we have over 1,400 hectares now of bait station grid on Mount Pirongia. Although, you know, it covers 14,000 hectares, so we certainly haven't reached capacity by any means. But uh, with the int- reintroduction of Kōkakau, uh, we we are aiming to get up to 2,000 hectares of pest control so that we can ad- adequately protect kōkakau that are there yeah Um, but we do a lot of other stuff too I mean um, we do trapping like with musseled traps we do a lot of monitoring whether it's rat monitoring, bat monitoring, um, bird monitoring and kōkakau monitoring as you well know with the nest monitoring that you did Um, and we also have some rare plants on Mount Perungi like it is a biodiversity stronghold Um, so we've got plants there or or species there that, that have disappeared from other places, but we're still fortunate to have the like Dactylanthus and things like that. We've also got an Enviro Centre building in Pirongi where we'd love to run sort of. Oh yeah courses or um help people learn more about the environment and what they can do personally you know whether it's waste minimization to growing natives or that sort of thing yeah so so we've got a lot of scope and and we just want to um help people find out what the opportunities are with us um, and match their fitness people so some of the stuff that we do you don't have to be ultra fit or anything like that um and some people have got some really cool skills and we'd love to, yeah, people to sort of contribute those to, to our group and things like that. So we've got a website, www.mountpirongia.org.nz and we've got a list there of the volunteer opportunities that people have and a form that you can fill in so you can sort of let people know, yeah, what you're interested in doing, yeah. So so that would be really cool if people wanted to um, yeah, hop on there and, and do that. Um, and we've also become involved in a wider scale collaboration. Uh, this is an ecological corridor project that would link Mount Pirongia with Tree along the Mangapiko Stream. Now, this is one of the most degraded streams in the Waipata Strait. So this project will be looking at restoring the riparian margins um, and, I guess, yeah, improving the water quality and um, the species that can thrive there, um, and also an important aspect of it is is reconnecting mana whenua uh, with their awa and their traditional practices around it. So we're, we're thrilled to be part of that sort of wider collaboration. And um, I've got a quite cool video about that, um, which I'm happy to share the link with uh, with you and your listeners later. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess this kind of um... Feeds nicely into my final question, which is um, about: Is there anything coming up in council or the Peronia Restoration Group that um, our listeners could get involved with?
0: Yes, there's quite this heaps actually. Um, I get. Um, if we just go to Waipata District Council. So I think when I was um, preparing for this um, for this interview, I was thinking you know, um, what What could I get people, uh, encourage them to get involved with? So with biodiversity, like Waipa is not doing well. Uh, with biodiversity, regardless of what you might think, like we've only got 7.5% of indigenous uh, vegetation cover remaining. And of course, we've had massive losses of our wetlands. I think there's only 0.2% of the original estimated extent still here in the district. Okay, and also we've got, highly fragmented ecosystems, so they don't function well, all right. So we are refreshing our environment strategy at the moment, so um, that's an opportunity for people to make online submissions for, and it's pretty straightforward. You don't have to be sort of put off with that idea, Um, and it can be as simple as saying, I think priority should be given to native biodiversity restoration, or another thing is our urban areas are really depleted of indigenous biodiversity, um, and so um, we need to be looking at, uh, I think there's a it's sort of a rule of thumb where we're trying to get um, 10% or more of ecosystem cover in our urban areas um, so that uh, they we've got a habitat that functions well, but also the planting of trees in urban areas reduces heat stress and, and improves mental well-being, um, I think the studies have shown that one mature tree can produce the same cooling effect as 10 room sized air conditioners. So, you know, if we can get people asking for more trees in our urban areas, that would be um, a big plus. And then with our, um, we've already touched on public transport and vehicle emissions. So we've also got a transportation strategy that's, that's coming out for um Submissions and which close on the 22nd of March at the moment. And so, you know, we'd love to hear from as many people as possible. And this is a chance for rural people to say what they want, or if you're in an urban area, how important it is for you to have good access to um, either public transport or the ability to have active modes of transport, like I actually have an e-bike and I can bike from Pirongia where I live um, to my council meetings in Teomuru in less than half an hour. And, um, you know, I've just got to dial up the power. and <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not like it's uh, I'm going to be arriving really sweet or anything. Um, uh, so that's been really positive. It's amazing what people can take on board with, with changes to their lifestyle. And uh, obviously, you know, it takes a bit of planning and a bit of courage, but um, it is possible and another thing is waste minimisation. Now, at Waipa, we've got such a superstar of a waste minimisation officer, and she's come up with heaps of opportunities for people to reduce waste and, and learn from the best. Like we've had uh, an online learning um, with a six-week course on zero waste for everyday people, and we've also got a zero waste uh, WIPAR booklet, and it promotes all the second-hand shops in Wipar and things like that, so you can find that uh, going to the uh, council website and clicking on services and then rubbish and recycling and um, I think there's um, uh, an e newsletter that you can subscribe to so that you can learn about all these things I was just thinking about my experience with um, reducing waste and things like that so you know I um grow um, a lot of my own food and and make up my own clothes and um, do my own baking and things like that when I can. So I've noticed that that really reduces packaging. And so that means that I'm not having to put that out, you know, in my rubbish bag or if it can be recycled and things like that. So um, I hope I haven't overwhelmed people with that, uh, with all those details. Um, And then um, from the uh, biodiversity side, apart from, the uh, Pirongi Restoration Group, Um, the Department of Conservation has got a web page where they list all the volunteer groups or uh, community groups that are active in in your area. So you can go to their website and find out where there are some groups already um, operating that you could join and things like that. Yeah, so so that would be quite cool. And um, coming up, I'm hoping later this year, we've got the... um, Aotearoa New Zealand biodiversity strategy that central government is pushing, yeah, so Te Mana o Te Te A O, yeah, and so that's also going to be something that I know they're going to have regional initiatives for people to get involved in there, yeah. yeah. It's quite a long it, list, isn't it? Yeah. It, it
1: is Yeah. a long list, but that's good. It's great to yeah. hear that there are um, lots of things that people can get involved with if, you know, if they're able to and want to or, um, you know, if someone's like, oh, what can I do to help climate action Well. You've just listed off um, a bunch of things, and we'll make sure that that's included with this podcast. So. That's, mm, yeah, uh, and and I'd like to
0: stress that there's there's personal benefits for doing this. You're not just doing stuff that you know that's going to benefit the planet. But um, I did do um, an online forum about conservation volunteering and the benefits of that. And actually, there's huge benefits personally, whether it's well being um, for yourself or connecting with um, a wider group of people, learning new skills, becoming more resilient, um, just uh, being fitter and better. I suppose, equipped for um, the future and all that sort of thing. You know, like I can share those notes as well. And quite often when you're doing um, sort of restoration work with the natural environment and local, local, um, I suppose, species work and things like that, do you get to learn the, the Maori perspectives of things, which I think um, are just loaded up with heaps of wisdom. Yeah, and so, you know, you get to exposure to that and, and I think that's a really big plus too.
1: Yeah, and, and you get to meet great people like yourself Claire. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, thank you so much for this, um, for sharing your time and ideas with us today. It's, um, it's really appreciated and always a pleasure to talk to you.
0: Cool. Thank you, Hannah. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you and I, I wish you all the best, yeah, with your podcast.
1: Uh, thank you ev- to everyone for listening or watching this podcast. Um, if you'd like to get involved with anything that was suggested by our guests, um, any links or videos will be made available alongside this po- podcast. Uh, alternatively, if you're wanting to know how to get involved or even have an idea of your own, uh, you can contact me via email at hannah.envirocentre.org.nz Um, To keep up to date with any more opportunities or with the Climate Action Hub, you can follow our Instagram at Climate Action Hub or on GOECO's Facebook. Um, The Climate Action Hub is a GOECO initiative that facilitates collaboration, hope, and engagement with climate action. Uh, We host an event on the last Friday of every month. This podcast is the Climate Action Hub's February event, but you can also check out our October and November events on our Instagram page at Climate Action Hub. Um, We're also always here to support any member of the community regarding anything to do with climate action. Um, Once again, a massive thank you to Claire, Jennifer and Sarah for joining me today. I really appreciate you sharing your time and ideas with us, as well as your ongoing passion and enthusiasm for climate action. Um, Nō reira, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou,